Um, this morning we have a treat for you guys. Pastor Dar and Pastor Andrew are here with us today, and I'm just going to introduce them for just a hot minute so that they can get up here because they're who you want to hear from today. Um, Dar and Andrew were children's pastors at the Refuge, and we have come to know them and love them. They're dear friends of our family and of the Jenkins family, but they also have been called to go to the Ukraine and uh, love on some orphans over there. And they are missionaries that we support here in-house. Um, we give to them because we believe so much for um, about what God has just gifted in them and told them to go and do. And so um, they're here today with us. They are going to give you a little piece of their journey, so I'm not going to share what they're doing, but they're going to be going. And so we had, a, we had an opportunity to bring them here, and that's what we did so that y'all could hear from them before they actually go over there. Um, they're going to have a table set out in the back. If you feel stirred or led at the end of this, go out there, see them, give to them all that you've got. It won't be, it'll be on good soil. Um, support them, love them, let them know that we're glad that they're here. And so everybody, please give them a welcoming welcome um, as they come up. Hey. I love this church. I just, I said I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not crying, I'm kidding. That was my fake cry. Pretty good, huh? Good actor, yeah. Um, the verse I want to share with you first before my lovely bride gets up. My mom always said I had a face for radio, so it would be better if she got up. She's more the face of glow. She glows. Her beauty glows. Mine should be on the radio. Okay, uh, the verse is 1 Corinthians 13, 1. It says, if I speak of tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So part of what we have to do is, is going to Ukraine is uh, learn the language. <laughs> and they speak Russian and Ukrainian. How do you guys know Russian or Ukrainian out there? So many. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a tough language. It's a Cyrillic alphabet, so it's like you don't even recognize what you're looking at. Even like, you know, the, the, the letters you do recognize don't sound the same. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, but what I would always do, because we, we had, uh, you know, we were here for this first three years. We've been able to be based here and been able to go over there three, three four times a year. And, uh, and we have a team over there, so we're able to do that. But God has called us to more now, so now I can't, before it was just like, I'm just going to be endearing, right? I'm going to learn enough Russian or Ukrainian, well, basically just Russian. All I can say in Ukrainian is jakuyu, which is like, hello, I think, right? Something like that. Um, so I, I would always learn enough just to be endearing because it's really important to, to if you care about a culture, to learn their language. Like, I went to Portugal one time, and uh, I didn't get a, sorry, <laughs> Portugal. I went to Brazil, where they speak Portuguese. <laughs> Let's redo that one. Okay. <laughs> so they speak Portuguese, and to say hello, I mean, to say good morning is bom dia. I probably said that wrong, but bom dia. So I was so excited the first morning I got up. I was like, I'm going to go down. I'm going to learn. I'm going to use my Portuguese this morning and say good morning, everybody. So instead of saying bom dia, I said, bom gino. And they were like, what the heck is that bom gino? I was like, I think I was trying to mix Italian and uh, Portuguese together. Bom gino, let's have some breakfast. But that's how it went over. Not very well. And I'm not a linguist at all. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. So 
you know, it's learning a language is tough for me. And I noticed that when I, I, I decided to take Spanish in high school because you had to take two years of a language. Actually, I, I think I just got away with one year because I failed the first year. So I don't think I had to take another one. And the first, the first year I took it with Senorita Carr, and she was, she, anyway, she was just tough. And I wasn't ready for it. But the next year I had Senorita Oxendon, and she was beautiful. So there's something about it. It's just like I'm a high school teenage boy, and I just wanted to please her because she was so beautiful. And I remember the oral part of the exam where she's in the library. It's just you and her, and she's talking to you, and she's talking to you in Spanish. And, and, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, okay, you know, this is awesome. She's like, uh, uh, como estas, Andres? Bien, bien, gracias, señorita. And I was just I love you. I want to marry you. Of course, I didn't. I just, just wanted to please her. Now I can actually say some, you know, some pretty awesome Spanish. I can say, "Ustedes a pasando el entrada número siete, número Ustedes a pasando el entrada número siete a las sentencias." Dodge, something like that's welcome to neighborhood seven Concord Mills. That's all the Spanish I know now. I went to Concord Mills so many times in that exit, I can remember exactly what it says. But now I've got to learn Russian, which is like, you know, it's tough. So, so I'm gonna give a little Russian lesson. You guys want a Russian lesson? Okay, all right, let's learn a little Russian. See, see, unless you say da. So, in Russian, if we meet, you would say, privet. Privet. You could say, privet. And, or you could say, zastratwin. 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 Uh, which is also hello. And then you could say, kakdila. Kakdila is, how are you doing? And you could say, ochen horoshow. Ochen horoshow. I don't even know what bad. Yeah, very I don't know what bad is. I can't, you don't want to say bad anyway. Um, and then you could say, Akudavwi, where are you from? Or you could say, um, you, could, uh, you could ask um, someone's name. Kakbazavolt. Uh, Kakbazavolt is, what's your name? Minyazavolt Andrew. So you start, I would learn enough just to be endearing. And, you know, what we were, so that when I would come there, people would go, man, it's so awesome that you're trying to learn our language. Because it makes them feel like, man, you really care about us. You're trying to learn how we speak. And so what the Lord shared with me this, this morning to share with you guys is that there is a language of heaven that we need to learn. And that language of heaven is what starts us off in our journey with him. And that first word that we need to learn to say in this heavenly language is yes. And all of you guys who gave your life to the Lord, that was the first thing that you said when you heard those words. That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. And you said yes. And so that yes is what starts the journey. So 13 years ago, we started on a journey. Started, We decided to become the children's pastors at the refuge because the Lord had invited us. And what, what we did is said, yes, God, you're inviting us into this. We say yes. And now 
Ten years after that, he invited us to say a bigger yes. Okay, will you leave the refuge church ministry that you love to do and you do so well? I was really good at being a children's pastor, y'all. I mean, I was really good at it. <laughs> I was, like, I'm a kid, right? So like, you can be a kid all day long. It was awesome, right? I could be a kid. I could come into church, preach a message as a kid and all these different, you know, characters. And that's the one thing, too, about about Russian is that you can't, if you got your, your, your country accent, country accent's all up here in the front of your mouth, right here, right? And you talk like this to them. Well, if you say, uh, Privyet, Cogdila, like that, they don't understand what you're saying. Like, what's this guy saying? But see, so you must talk with back of throat, back here. What is where you talk? Privyet, Cogdila. Yes. See, it sounds so much better, doesn't it? It sounds tougher, right? So, and the second thing that you need to learn to say is, second thing for us is what Paul said. And Paul said this. If Paul says, if one, one thing I do, if Paul says that, since he wrote most of the New Testament, it's probably a good idea that we understand what did he say, the one thing not to do. And he said, forgetting what's behind and straining forward to what's ahead. You'll be limited by that last person that you can't forgive. You'll be limited to that unforgiveness. And so it's very important for us to forgive those who have wronged us, forgive those, and move on to forget what's behind and move forward to what's ahead. Because if you cling to the past, if you cling to unforgiveness, then you're always stuck in the past. Forgiveness gives us our future. And so Dora's going to come up now, and she's going to tell you what our future is looking like. It's so good to be here I love being with the family of God. I love, it's amazing how no matter where you go, when you meet believers, you're family. And there's a commonality. It, it feels like that when we go to Ukraine, when we meet the kingdom people. Not necessarily some religious people. You know, there's a difference. There's people who practice religion, and then there's the kingdom people. And we're called to bring the kingdom to earth. And that's what I, I love what we get to do. But we're getting to do it in another part of the world. But all of us are called to be ministers. You know that? Every single one of us are ministers. And this morning, um, as we were praying in first service, I just was looking around, and I felt like the Lord was showing me that every person in here that's a believer is like a well. We are a well that's plugged into the living water, and he wants to draw out of us refreshment for others. You know, the Bible says that he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And the, the, it's all, the more you give, you can never outgive God. The more you give out of yourself, it comes back to you. The more encouragement you get, the more courage you have. It's just, it's just the gospel. It's just the way, it's God's economy. It's amazing. And so we're so excited to be here, share some of our story. But I'm hoping that our story ignites you. It ignites you to go love others well. And that's actually our mission. The GLOW mission stands, GLOW stands for Go Love Others Well. And uh, our mission is to ignite lives and launch destiny, destinies here and all over the world. Because, you know, fire, it's like that little spark. 
it, it's wild, right? And when someone gets lit on fire with the power of God, they get lit on fire with love. There's no telling what can happen, and it spreads. And so I just want to pray, Lord God, we just love you, and we acknowledge you as the source of all love. We acknowledge you. You are love itself. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you come and fill us up? Would you fill up our wells, Lord? If we feel dry, I'm asking for my brothers and sisters to be so full of your spirit of love today that we would have so much to pour out on our world around us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed my husband, the children's pastor. You know, we're all meant to be children, right? We're all the children. And Jesus, how many kids? We got kids in here today? Stand up if you're a kid. Let me see those kids. You guys, let's hear it for the kids. Pastor Paul, that's right. The kids, that's right. You know, Jesus said we're supposed to change and become like you. You guys are so important. One of my favorite verses is this, 1 John 3, 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. So let's be like children. Children dream, right? Children dream dreams. Let's dream with God right now today as we talk about our mission. And, and you know, this mission to go love others well really comes out of um, my theology. And um, my theology, I became a Christian when I was a little girl, and I would hear people talk about different theological topics throughout my life, and they'd argue about if this is right or that's right. They'd argue about things in the, in the Word. And, um, and I just decided at one point, I was like, you know, the greatest thing I'm just going to stick to what Jesus said the greatest thing was, right? And when the Pharisees were trying to trick him and catch him, and they asked him, what is the greatest commandment of all the commandments? He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it, to love others as you love yourself. That's the greatest thing you can do, right, is to love God and love others. And I thought, I think I'm going to keep my theology rather simple, and if I could spend the rest of my life growing in love, right, because I, I mess up on love. Y'all mess up ever on loving people? Mess up a little bit, maybe, and, and with God, you know? So we can always grow. We can always grow deeper. I pray a lot. God, increase my capacity to love. Increase my capacity, and, and give me more, fill me with more of your love, and that is what, that's what one of the things that compels us is to fulfill that, that great commandment. Who wants to be the greatest, right? Americans are really like that. We want to be the greatest, right? Well, be the greatest and do the greatest thing, and that is to do the greatest commandment. The second greatest thing that I love is um, that we are doing with the Glow Mission is, is we are um, fulfilling the great, com the, uh, the, great com um, the great Commission. And so, you know, the last words a person says is pretty important, right? You always want to know, what was the last thing they said? The last thing Jesus said before he left the earth is go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Like go get people to follow me. Because he knew that there was so, such benefit in there. There's kingdom benefit for them, right? It's to follow him. And so the GLOW mission is about fulfilling the great commission through the greatest commandment, the way of love. And we're also compelled by the greatest ones, you know, the children, the least of these. And the Bible says, as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. When you serve the least of these, and, and I think of the least of these as, as the ones who don't have a lot to give back. If you can serve the ones who, can, who can't give back, Jesus is like, you're doing that unto me. And that includes the orphan and the widow. This, this verse was kind of, I don't know, 
know, some verses, you know how you, you just kind of don't notice them for a while, and, and they don't really speak to you, and, and I don't know what happened, but I was in children's ministry for many, many years, always work with children, but James 1.27 says true religion or pure religion, the, depending on what version you read, division, uh, religion that the Lord determines as faultless is looking after widows and orphans and keeping yourself from being polluted by the world. That's true religion. I want to practice true religion. And I want to I care about what he cares about. And orphans, the fatherless, those without family, as, as Pastor Bridget talked about at the beginning, um, how important family is. That's what we are in the kingdom is family. And the Lord wants us to bring those, the fatherless and those without family, into his family. Because no matter what we lack in our own families, God wants to make up for it in the kingdom. He can make up for it. Even those of us who had pretty good families, there's always lack in all of us, and God fills in the gaps. But for these orphans, the widows, he wants to fill in the gap, gap and he wants us to be family. But you may ask, okay, well, why Ukraine? Okay, I can see taking care of kids, widows, orphans, but why Ukraine? There's people like that everywhere. There are. And Jesus called us to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. That's like your own backyard, your country, and in the uttermost parts. But Ukraine caught our hearts because of one yes that we said. Uh, we said yes. We were working with children um, in Concord at the refuge of the Canapolis, and, um, and we prayed a prayer. You know, your, your prayers, they say dangerous prayers, right? Sometimes the Lord, I think, assigns us prayers. He puts prayers in our heart. And I had this prayer bubbling in me, and I was like, Lord, give me more of a heart for your kids in the world. And he's like, okay, but you'll cry a lot. That's what I heard him say. I was like, I don't even cry. I'm not a big crier. I, I have cried a lot because you know what? He shared his heart with me. He shared his heart with me for how he feels about these kids. And shortly after that prayer, I was given the opportunity to host an orphan. There was an orphan hosting organization. And um, my friend called me. She's like, hey, um, there's this one kid left. He's tall. I thought of your family. I had these big, tall boys. And I was like, oh, it's a bad time for me. It's not really, I don't know, Christmas and all the reasons why I didn't want to do it. But, you know, the Lord made it very clear to say yes. And little did we know that yes to one hosting of four weeks of Christmas. I'm like, you know, how, you know, it doesn't look very good for a children's pastor to say no to an orphan at Christmas time, does it? No, I didn't do it for how it looked, but anyway, I'm like, if you know. So we hosted this boy, Sasha, and little did we know, about a, a week into it, the tears started. And I, I, the gravity of it hit me. God just grabbed my heart. Like, this kid has no parents. Like, he has no parents. He's with my boys. He's running around doing stuff. They're going to basketball games. They're doing this stuff. Like, he's from a war-torn country, a country at war with Russia. Like, what? It was just, like, not even our world. You know, we're caught up in our lifestyle, and you're like, no, this kid's got to go back, and he has no parents. And, and I was wrecked, and the Lord knitted our hearts. He really set him in our family, and we couldn't adopt him, but yet we had this heart. And it was the key. It was the key to, he was the key to open the door to the orphan crisis on the other side of the world. Because then we went to visit. The Lord made it clear we should go visit. And we went in 2016. We went on three trips, and we met his friends. Okay, So then we meet all these orphans that are in this orphanage in this country, and um, the reason that Ukraine became so important is because Ukraine, unlike America, we can, you know, yes, there are many, many problems in America. <laughs> there are many problems all around us everywhere. But you know what? We still are an incredibly blessed nation. We still have a safety net. If, if something goes wrong, someone can help us. There's organizations. There's, there are countries that, that is not, that's not the case. And or, in Ukraine, this company just came out of communism in 1991. Communism wrecked the family, wrecked the 
religion. They tore down churches. I mean, for decades, there's, it was a godless nation, and you had a, the wrecked family. You had a hopelessness, drug and alcohol addiction, like rampant. You had this orphan crisis start, and, um, and you had, uh, you, it has a lot of problems. It's one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world. It's having a very hard time recovering from communism. They need hope. They need a lot of hope, and they need young people to be the hope of their nation. They need people pouring into them and becoming leaders that can, that can bring hope back to this nation. And so Ukraine was highlighted to us because of him, uh, because of Sasha, um, but then we got to know his friends. And I think our next slide, I think uh, the next slide coming up. Yes, these are the statistics. When um, an orphan will age out of, of the orphanage around 15 to 18 years old. Now, how many people know that a 15 to 18-year-old needs some parental guidance, right? All the way through the 20s, right, till that frontal lobe is, uh, <laughs> is formed at 25. Um, there's some need for guidance. But these kids have been raised in an institution and then released to the world. And this is what ends up happening. 60% statistically of the girls end up in prostitution. 70% of the boys end up incarcerated. There's a suicide rate of 10 to 15% by the age of 18. And then this is the staggering one to me that just grabbed my heart. And this was my, my friend who's worked, who was an orphan in Russia and has worked with orphan grads for a long, for decades. Uh, the average life expectancy for uh, an orphan, an aged out orphan in Ukraine or Russia is 30 years old. And I was like, 30 years old, that's like their life expectancy. And since we've been watching them and the hardships and how rough life is and the lack of opportunity, we understand why now. We understand why this happens um, So and conditions and all that. So when, we, when you meet someone, you know them, you're like, this can't happen. And the Lord grabbed our hearts and was like, I want you to pour into this group of kids, and I'm going to use one of them to change this world, to take, change this nation. So we started the GLOW mission, and um, you can keep um, moving. Uh, the reason that, th- that we have this, these problems is they get out, they have a lack of support. Um, lack of that, that family support, they lack opportunities and life skills. And like even life skills, this is very interesting, but we take for granted what our kids know just by being around us. You know, even how to use a knife. We've, we, I've sat there and watched my team, we have team members over there, teach our kids how to use a knife. They don't even have knives in the orphanage. They don't know how to use a knife. They don't know how to talk to a shopkeeper. They don't know how to look someone in the eyes. They don't have any confidence, you know. They don't know how to use a debit card. They don't, like, they just are like, okay, bye, you know, go on your way, hand them all their documents. And, I mean, we watch nightmares. We watch our kids get out with their documents. But, like, they, they get away from the, they don't even know how to get back to their dorm. They don't know how to ask the help. I mean, it's just been crazy to watch a young person and so we the we've been able from here and our team there to help get bring them support okay um go ahead next I did have this on my phone so I could keep keep watch but you can go to the next the next slide um so this is how this is how it started three trips in and we decided we had we had to go and we wanted to help bring um bring independence, life skill classes. We've done camps, training, and we had a strategy. Our strategy was, and you'll see that on the next slide, is we started with a SEND strategy, and that was through sponsorship of these kids, meeting a lot of their basic needs. We've taken care of dental. A lot of them have never had dental work, uh, uh, work their whole life. Um, 
lot of physical. They leave the the uh, the orphanage with nothing. They they kind of just leave with the clothes on their back. So we supply dorm supplies and things they would need, and uh, for a f- like four or five classes now. And um, and then we uh, through evangelism we did a lot of camps and um, and retreats. And when we go over there, discipleship through our con- uh, connections there and um, and networking. So that was our strategy. But now what's really awesome is you know how you say yes to God in one thing, and then the Lord's like, okay, I got more for you. You know the kingdom. There's always more. I was 45 when the Lord, I know I look so young, but I was 45 when the Lord like taps my shoulder about a whole new call. You just never know when it's going to happen, you know? And so we said yes to this for three or four years. We've been doing that, but now the Lord has made it clear to take another step even deeper. He's always called us deeper and higher. And we're not made for surface level living, guys. We're not made to just walk around here at surface level. He, he's created us for the heights and the depths. And so what's so interesting, we were, I was about to go my 12th trip to Ukraine in, um, in January, and, uh, and we, we were at a gathering. And we believe that if you, you know, if you know the Lord, your sheep, his sheep hear his voice, right? And the closer you get to his heart, you just, you just hear him. And we had a friend very, just very, uh, well, actually, a friend invited us to a gathering, and there was someone who had a prophetic gifting and really heard from the Lord, and she was praying over us for our trip. And she said so many things over us that were so specific. It was like she knew us, but she didn't know us. She didn't, all she knew is we work with orphans. We're going to Ukraine. And, um, and we're like, wow, she is reading our mail. And, um, and then uh, uh, towards the end, she says, you know, I just have this impression of this house. Like, I just see you in this white house with two chimneys, and I see these kids coming and gather, and you being this mom and pop encouragement, and we're like, well, that's cool. That'd be so awesome to have, like, a house that our kids could come to, and probably somebody else would run it. I don't know. But, like, they would come over, and she, I saw it in Ukraine, and, and we're like, that's cool. But, you know, you kind of take that, put it on the shelf. We had no intentions of moving. Well, then we get over to Ukraine, and about the second day in, we're, we're there, and one of our kids was with us, and he um, contacted somebody from a ministry in California that and it had been to Ukraine and that he had met, and he wanted us to meet her. And um, she's like, hey, do you guys need a house? And we're like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, well, we were just offered this house, and it's like this ministry house. These missionaries are going home. They need someone to run it for a couple years. And, um, you know, we're like, Andrew's like, what does it look like? She's like, it's this big white house. And we're like, oh, my goodness, you know, does it have two chimneys? And she's like, I don't know. So we, con- we kind of connected and said, well, we'll see if we can meet up. Uh, so we went about our trip, and we took the kids on this family camp and took them, um, about 30 of us went to the Carpathian Mountains, and these kids are seeing the beautiful part of their country and getting to ski and and a bunch of them we'd been pouring to for years got saved. It was just awesome, this trip we had. At the end of the trip, this other church gives us a gift, and they give us a plaque. And on the plaque, it has a white house with two chimneys on the plaque. And it has a verse, Deuteronomy 28:11 about blessing your family and your children and all this stuff. And I'm like, a white house, it's a sign, a plaque with a white house and two chimneys, you know, like that's pretty interesting. So we go about our trip and connect with the missionary and she invites, the very last day of our three-week trip, invites us to this house. And when my husband and I and our teammate from over there walk in, it was like tangible peace of God. We walk in this white house with two chimneys, fireplace inside, fireplace outside, just set up for ministry to have a home base for these kids to come to a place that they could call home. Can you imagine never having a place that you could come home to? Like you, you get out of your orphanage and you have no home. 
and you're in your dorm that you get for a, I mean, run down awful dorm. And when it, when it shuts down for holidays, guess what? The family kids go home and you get stuck there and they turn the hot water off. You know, I mean, it's like, it's, 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 it's hard to have that gumption in life when you don't have, you don't even have a home to go home to, you know. And how awesome would that be? How awesome to be able to host teams and have our kids come along with us and go. And so we prayed into it. And while we're there, this is the other thing, while we're there, one of my, another friend from Ukraine who did, had no idea about this word or anything, sends me a message while I'm there in the house on Messenger. It says, I was praying for you this morning. I just heard dream about the house he wants you to dream. I'm like, what? I sh- I'm like, what? I sh- I'm like, you're not going to believe this. You know, so of course we pray and ask God if this is all true, you know. So we had this peace because we, you know, we want to be led by the Lord's peace. And so we decided to say yes. And so we are going to move to Ukraine. And um, unexpectedly, we're moving in, to Ukraine in June. And we plan to, we're committing to a year or two, but we'll see what God does because you just never know. You never know what he's going to do. But we're going to keep saying yes to the peace of God. And, um, and like, you know, this is our chance, guys. This is our chance in the earth. God has all of us here for such a time as this. He has, he has people. They, these kids are just kids that God is allowing us to be in their lives. But you have people. We all have people that he wants us to say yes, to go the extra step and, and show them his love. So I want to tell you about a few of our, about some of our kids. There. I get so excited talking. We have four of our own natural children here. One of them will go with us who's only 12, but other kids are in their 20s. They're staying here. They're happy. They're, they're fine. God designed our family that way, and, and that's good. Um, but this is some of our family stories over there. On the screen, you'll see, Ta- oh, let me just go back there. I'm just going to tell you their names. We got Tanya, Rostick, Vlad, Igor, and Christina right there. Well, our kids are in all different cities all over Ukraine, so we're going to have a home base near Kiev, and they'll come visit us, and we'll go visit them. But I'll tell you a few of our family stories. The first one is Vanya. Oh, isn't he cute? That's Vanya. He's about 21 years old right now, but I've known him since um, he was in the orphanage. About, but he might be yeah, 20, 21, I think. Um, he was about 15 or so when I or. 16 when I met him. He um, was kind of the party boy, kind of, to me, just real sweet kid. But, I mean, there's, they're unchurched. They're, there's, it's not a godly nation. He had no, like, uh, I just didn't have a lot of, like, expectation over, I mean, except for in just what the Lord says to pour into these. You don't know where it's going, but he was kind of this party boy, and we sent him on an internship. The guys just set up all these awesome in, uh, opportunities, and last summer we had the kids, some of, eight of our kids went on an eight, uh, a, a four-week internship where they learned life skills, and they had speakers, and they went on this big challenging hike, which was so good for them, to the highest mountain in Ukraine. And Vanya rose up as one of these leaders. You know, you just never know which one God's going to pick. You just never know. And one of, the, one of my missionary friends over there was like, you know, Vanya's really coming along. I was like, I'm like, who's like a leader? Who's coming along? Because I, I was stuck in here in uh, COVID, and um, my passport was stuck in COVID renewal, and I couldn't go, and God took care of them anyway. And he's like, Vanya, Vanya's raised up. And this whole opportunity, I was praying so hard for him because um, when you're when you're just like in a culture and there's no believers around you, it's really hard to walk, you know. I'm like, God, put him in a community of people, and and then somebody else messaged me and like, I've been praying about Vanya, and we're going to invite him to be part of a year long internship with this Christian coffee house. So they've trained Vanya for them to have jobs. Like in America, I tell my my adult kids here, I'm like, you know, you might think it's hard finding a job. 
but we got jobs here. There are signs up. There are places. You can find a job. You can get help. But there are very few opportunities, and there's a stigma on orphans, too. So they have a lot to overcome. Well, he was being trained as a barista, went to even a special class to do the foamy stuff and all that. It's pretty awesome. Um, and he's this awesome pizza. I got to eat one of his pizzas and drink some of his coffee on the last trip, and it was so special to be served by my kid, Vanya, here. So we're so proud of him. And the next slide is Vika. Now, Vika is, oh, man, she's so precious. She is a just a social orphan. Her parents were drug addicted, alcohol addicted, got just stuck in the orphanage. But that girl had an independence and drive and wasn't looking for a handout. And I, I just always had a heart for a good opportunity for Vika. Well, she ended up on our trip with us, and I invited her to an interview with a Christian business organization. They're trying to revitalize the economy of Ukraine. They have a crowdfunding platform. They train people in business. And this lady came to me and was like, hey, could we... Um, could any of your grads maybe help us in an internship? We had just had, the, the Lord's so good. He, um, we, we had this idea to have this fundraiser, matching funds, had these categories, and one of them was for educational internships. Didn't even have a lot of educational internships lined up. Well, then this lady comes with an opportunity. So we got to fund an internship where we're helping a Christian organization by providing them an employee, and the employee is our kids. So we're getting to pay them through this Christian organization, and they're getting to be around Christians who are having all this influence on their life, and they're learning a skill. Isn't that awesome? God did that. He did that. And so Vika moved to Kiev, which was her dream that I didn't even know. And she is doing a phenomenal job as the personal assistant to the president of this organization. Isn't that awesome? So that's Vika. The next one is Simon. Simon, I've known since he's uh, like, oh gosh, I was he's 14, about turned 15 when I met him. And Simon is so special. He tried to um, he tried to commit suicide last year um, in May. It was devastating to me, and I, uh, it was like the day my house was about to close, and I was getting ready to go to the house closing. I'm like, <gasps> talking to my team. I'm like, we need to get Simon help. Get Simon help. Like we're just like intervening for Simon. Well, the Lord has taken care of Simon, and um, through a ministry friend over there, he ends up. We introduced him in October to my ministry friend. This guy, they really connected. This guy's on fire. And he's like, you know, I'm just going to start inviting Simon to come along with me on ministry trips. I'm going to go on these outreaches. He's hooked up with circuit riders here in America. And they go around uh, Eastern Europe. And so Simon started going on these ministry trips. Simon gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Simon's on fire. Simon's like, I'm going to be a missionary. And Simon wants to go to a youth of the mission this fall. Isn't that awesome? And so Simon, oh, he's so special. And I'm like, the Lord, just on that brink of devastation, the Lord rescued him. And now he is like, he is going to be used in mighty ways. The last one is my girl, Diana. This girl, she uh, of herself says, she was like, Dar, I, she says, we always have to talk to through translators. Simon does a little bit, English. some of them do a little bit of English, but she is so special. She's like, Dar, I was the worst one. I was like the worst one in the orphanage. I was the one when the cops came and things were stolen in the village they come looking for me. But she came, she's a year older than our kids, and she came back to an Easter service that Andrew did in the orphanage several years ago, the first Easter service ever. They, the director let us, had to give us such favor and let us do a whole um, Easter service in the orphanage. Well, Diana came, and she's like glued to Andrew. And um, she raised her hand and gave her life to Jesus. At the end, she comes up to me, and she's like, do you have a Bible? And I had just been to Hillsong in Kiev, and they had these Bibles there, and I just for some reason, picked up one, thought maybe I would need it. 
you know, so here I had the Bible. Well, now what's so awesome is she, we invited her to be part of our program, to go on our camps. Every time we went over, we'd see her. Um, just, she had such a hunger for the Lord, and I felt very strongly to invite her to go um, to Youth of the Mission. Y'all familiar with that, YWAM? They have, like, six-month discipleship training schools. It's international. I actually did it when I was 18 years old, and um, so I love YWAM, an awesome organization. Sent her to YWAM. She went through a six-month discipleship training, and then the most amazing thing happened. After that school is done, they have all kinds of schools, and one is called a school of biblical studies. They go through the Bible, like, five times in nine months. They, they just, it's, it's, it's crazy. They, it's a very intense Bible study program is my dream. Like I was like, someday my dream is to do it SBS. Well, she comes to me one day um, uh, and says, "Hey, I just applied to do the School of Biblical Studies, and they accepted me." And um, and then she ended up doing a tie, which I just wept. I'm like, "You're doing my dream." She's like, "She's living my dream for you know." Here's your offspring, right? Spiritual offspring doing it. And, um, and what's so cool is she did another program called Titus, which teaches you how to teach the Bible in other countries. And I, I got to tell this part. She um, has this heart for India. Okay, so here's this orphan girl from Ukraine, has a heart for India. You know what? The per- I asked someone, I actually reached out to someone in particular. I just, God put someone on my heart. And I've only done this, I've only done this once or twice, specifically asked someone for money. <laughs> like I said, they were a YWAMer who, they're now a businessmen, but they had been in YWAM. And I was like, hey, there's this girl. Could you help sponsor her in YWAM? And they said yes. Guess where they, where they did YWAM? India. They were five years. They were missionaries in India for five years. And now their girl, this girl that they poured into, nobody knows. They don't know. She doesn't know. God gives her a heart for India. Isn't that awesome? So um, it's fabulous. Now, uh, last week she sent me a picture, and I wish I had that here, but she was teaching. She now is on staff with YWAM, and she is teaching. So here's my girl, worst one in the orphanage, and now she is teaching people the Bible, and someday she's going to be in India. Yay, Diana! I love her. Okay, so um, we believe uh, that invest in these kids, you know, we invest in them because to show God's great love for them that they have a Father in heaven that loves them, that's taking care of their needs. Sometimes as I'm, as I'm here working in America trying to, like, you know, rally for them and get support for them and, and all this, I'm like, they have no idea. They have no idea, like, you know, this house we're going to have is going to be is a nice house. And they have no idea. God loves them so much. He's doing this for them. I'm like, he's doing this for them. He's doing this for them because he loves them so much. And he's going to use one of them to help change their nation. And so um, I want you guys to pray for them. I want you to pray for us. Um, when you go back to the, um, the, the table af- afterwards, um, I've got, like, I've got these, uh, in, these bookmarks um, that talk about Send and talk about our mission, have our, like, Instagram and Facebook and all that on there. And we have a private page that we really post most of the things on. We can get to you on that, too. But pray for these kids and pray for, uh, if you want me to give you the name of one, I'll give you the name of someone in, in particular to pray, th- pray for. But um, join us. You know, you guys, um, you guys, as I said before, are, are called into all the world. Oh, this is good. I'm glad you put that up there. Our call now, just to, to sum up, um, our call now 
um, with having this house and going is to be there for this group of kids, kind of see them through this transition, be that, be that family, give them that home, give them that place um, to come home to and to be trained up in. It's also to host uh, teams of people. Um, we see a lot, we have a lot of American friends who are like, we're coming. I'm like, come on, because we're, we, we're connected with a lot of ministries. Over these past few years, the Lord has set us up with um, ministries to disabled people, uh, we have ministries to the Babushka village, which is the, the widows, and um, it's like these precious people um, in, the, in the villages that, that uh, need visit, just to even visit them and, and supply some basic needs, and um, orphanages. So we're going to have teams that we custom, we're going to customize trips and have our orphans come along with us, our orphan grads. And then also the third thing is to cultivate business educational opportunities and ministry opportunities for these kids. And uh, we got some business ideas the Lord is on and some business-minded people who are helping us with it and to develop these opportunities. We're so excited about that part of it. And then also to be a part of sparking spiritual revival in Ukraine. And we believe from the very beginning, Andrew felt that the Lord said he's going to use Ukraine which is called the breadbasket of Europe, has some of the richest soil in all of Europe. Hitler actually tried to steal a bunch of their topsoil, take it back to Germany. He did steal it, you know. And they had this rich soil, but as in the natural, it's the spiritual. It's rich soil there. This bullied nation been picked on still at war with Russia. It's crazy. And, uh, but God's going to use that, um, that soil, and we believe revival is coming to Europe through Ukraine. And on this last trip, it was cool. We'd be eating with different missionaries and stuff. They're like, oh yeah, that's what God's been saying. That's what He's saying. So we're like, we got a front seat. We're gonna, we're gonna be there, and we're gonna like love on some of these young revivalists. I love the younger generation that's being revived right now. And as we have, you know what? We need to ask the Lord for personal revival. That's what I've been praying. I'm like, Lord, like draw a circle around me. There's who did that? It's one of those uh, who. Mark Batterson, yeah, draw the circle maker. That's right. Draw the circle. Like, light this on fire, right? Revive this. Revive me. And as this is set on fire, you're, these sparks are flying. And you're gonna, we're going to set others on fire. Well, Ukraine's going to be used. Our kids are going to be used. God picks the little guy. If you think you feel insignificant about who you are, well, good. That's, that's the best spot to be. David was the least of his brothers, and he was the greatest one, the greatest king of Israel, the man after God's own heart. So God's going to use one of these orphans to change a nation. He's going to use you to change your world. So let's do this together. Let's fulfill the greatest call together. Let's, um, let's glow big. We're going to glow home. And um, thank you so much. Come see me out, out there afterwards. And I had this little gift, and I'm so excited about it. But um, this is a book some of you may have it or been aware of, but this is Jasper. It's a book I wrote. It's like my favorite thing I've ever done with the Lord. It's like creative work, but it's a allegory, kind of like Pilgrim's Progress about the Holy Spirit. And um, this is a lot about the, it's a lot about stepping out into saying yes to God, going into the deep and going to the heights. It's a journey. And so if you, if any donation you give of any amount, you get a Jasper book, so I want I want you to have that. If you have one, uh, bless somebody else with it. But come see us at the table and um, and please pray with us. We're asking for the Lord for 150 people to go with us in some way or another to with prayer giving. We just want to be surrounded um, by friends that are like we're going with you in one way or another because we need covering. So thank you so much. Andrew's going to come finish uh, finish this up. All right, <clears throat> we can sit here and talk about Glow Mission uh, for forever, and you guys would probably be so nice you'd listen to us <laughs> forever. Um, but uh, what I want to do is I want to talk about you and what God has uh, placed in your life. 
And they, God has given us our, our vehicle, our, um, our ministry, and he showed us what we're supposed to do. But I believe he wants to do that with you. And there, there's things that he's placed inside of you, and he wants to see those things come out in this world. And you are, you're here for such a time as this that you'd make an impact in the, in the world around you. And the verse I want to read is uh, it's, it's special in so many ways that you'll hear about. Uh, but for us, um, it just speaks about the, the boat that God's given us. And this is when Jesus calls his first disciples. It's in Luke 5, starting in verse 1. It says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowded around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When he had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat <clears throat> to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat, both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For... For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of so many, that so many fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. So what I want to talk to you is about what, what's your boat? God, God's given us our vessel. A lot of times when, we, in, in, when someone gives you a prophetic word, your, your boat or, or vehicle, a car, or whatever it is, that symbolizes your ministry what God has given you. So what I'm asking you today is, is to think, what has God given me? For some of you, maybe it's a business. For some of you, um, it's the job that you're at. For some of you, um, it, it could be to be a missionary. Whatever it is that he's given you, he's entrusted you with something. And, and what it's not, what life isn't, isn't a sentence where we wait out our time on this earth and we wait for retirement so we can do what we want to do. That's not it. God has called you to something more to where you take what you have in this place, whether it's a business, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a family, whatever it is that he's given you, and you decide, God, this is yours. My yes to you is that you would use me, whatever I have, all, all the things that I've been given, my possessions, my business, my family, all of it. God, I give it to you. I say yes to you in this moment because I recognize that at this time and at this place, I've been called to impact the world around me. And God has given you that. What is your vessel that he's given you? What is the boat that he's given you? Because for Simon, Simon was just, you know, this guy cleaning his nets. He'd fished all night and hadn't caught a thing. Probably pretty disappointed. Probably put it pretty put out that he didn't catch anything. And so then all of a sudden, Jesus comes and steps 
Jesus is super into Simon's natural. And then he creates something in Simon that Simon had no clue. He thought his boat was just for fishing, but he said, Simon, your boat's for so much more. So much more. You think in the natural you're catching fish, but I've designed you to catch people. I've designed you to go after souls. And because you let me step into your boat, we're going to do some amazing things together. We're going to go on incredible adventures. And we're going to change the world. This is what God is saying to you today. This is what Jesus is saying to you today. Let me step inside of your boat. Let me show you what it is that I have for you. For some of you, it could be a call to the mission field. You've been scared because of whatever reason. You're thinking that finances is going to always hold me back, or I'm in so much debt, or I've got this problem, I've got that problem. My kids are away from the Lord. My Whatever it is, see, there's always a ton of excuses to keep you from fulfilling the destiny that God has called you to. But the thing is that fear can never rule us. It can't rule us. If we allow fear to rule us, we'll be uh, crippled for our future. So what I want you to do is say yes to him today and say whatever it is, God, that I have, whatever it is, whatever time I have left on this big ball that's spinning around, I'm dedicating it to you. I'm dedicating it to lives. I'm dedicating it to souls because he's created, he's put things inside of you that he has use of today. He has need of. He has need of you and he would love to go on some amazing adventures with you. And I bet you Simon was not disappointed when he said yes to God. He wasn't. He got to see some incredible things because of his yes. And so it's amazing, even out of that boat, what Simon was taught. And all the disciples, they were taught to deal with fear. You remember when the storm came? He taught them how to deal with storms. He taught them how to catch fish. He taught them how to go and see someone who's possessed with so many demons that they scare so many people and he showed them to not be afraid and that you can cast the demons out how many things did he show them inside of that boat so many things he walked to them out of the water scared them to death right and taught them they could walk on water so this is what he wants to do with you he wants to show you what your vessel is he wants to show you what your boat is and he wants to use you and he wants to step inside of that and make a difference in your life. Dara's got this prayer she's going to read, and I think it's so critical for this time. Um, I, I didn't know Andrew was going to share on this, and it was when I found out he was, it was amazing to me because February 1st, the Lord really highlighted uh, Luke 5 to me, and I wrote a prayer out of it. So I want, I want to invite you to close your eyes and put your hands out. If you want to pray um, this with me, I'm going to pray the prayer the Lord gave me and invite you to pray along with it. My dear Lord, I invite you into my boat. As you did in Luke 5, step into my boat, my ordinary vehicle for life and ministry, and use it as your platform to speak. Fill all my ordinary vessels, everything I have, every means of provision or skill with your presence, and then send me out deeper to see the supernatural happen. Provision in the natural happen beyond what I can contain, and then turn it into souls. I will leave it all behind and follow you. I will lay down my labor of scrubbing empty nets. I will listen and obey and throw these nets where you tell me till unless they, until they bust with your divine provision. I give you my life. Make it your platform. 
speak through it. Amaze the crowds and be glorified. The people didn't see the boat, but the boat enabled them to see you better. May my life be like that. Use whatever you can of my life to allow others to see you better. May others see you and hear you through whatever I have to offer. I'm excited to leave it all behind, then to leave it all behind and go with you, follow you, miracle maker. It's time I know you better. I want to know you and love you as I never have. Come and fill every bit of my life. Lord, I agree with this prayer from, with my brothers and sisters, God. I thank you that um, I thank you that you want to come into all of us and fill us more. And, and Lord, we pray you'd be so glorified. You'd be so seen through our lives. Be seen through this church, God. Be seen through this church family. Lord, this, this very building is a boat, God. And Lord, we know that as this boat, you, you come into our boat and then you call us to walk on water with you, God. It just struck me how you called Peter out of the boat, Lord. You called him to walk with you and do miraculous things. And I pray you deposit a hope today and a trust and a faith, greater faith, greater faith, greater faith. Be deposited within us, God. Faith that pleases you, God, that we can walk on water. We can walk on the turbulent waters of this world. And as we have our eyes fixed on you, we will not sink and we will defy the circumstances of this world. Thank you for these people that you trust with your presence, God. We thank you for this day, in this moment, God, in our moment in time. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, guy, you got to be careful when you have three pastors have the mic right in a row. They're never going to get out of here. Um, will you lean in for just about five more minutes, and then we're going to get you out of here. Um, I was going to say something different about that story. But later in the book of John, there's a second time that Peter's told to go out and put his nets into the deep. And he does it. And it's after he's betrayed Jesus. Y'all know the story? He, he denies Jesus. And he, he puts his nets in the, in the water. And the Bible says they catch a great catch. And the catch is 153 fish. Now, I need to give you a disclaimer. This isn't probably what the Bible meant. Right, but I'm, I read the Bible like this. Why 153? Right, and you, you can Google that. You'll never get an answer because there's probably not one. But here's I'm going to tell you what God told me. Why 153? Have you ever um, have you ever looked at somebody and done this? Have you ever just like written 143? Do you know when people write down 143? Do you know why they write that down? It's because it's code for I love you. Because I has one letter. Love has, are you with me? One, four, three. And he caught 153 fish after Peter had denied him. And he was going to send Peter out into ministry. And I said, God, why 153? And he said, I chose you. Now, that's not scripture. Y'all know that, right? That's just the Holy Spirit speaking to me. In your greatest failure... I chose you. And he did. And I feel like we're supposed to close this morning because I feel like I just sensed, y'all did such a great job, you did not fail. But sitting here, I just sensed a heaviness in the room. I failed too much for God to use me like y'all just talked about. And you need to know this, in your greatest failure, I chose you. 
He caught 153 fish. And I just want to pray that over you. Would you just close your eyes? Now, before I pray, I'm just going to ask you if that resonates with you. Would you just raise your hand? You can put it, raise it and put it right back down. Thank you so much. Thank you for your honesty, right? We just want to pray now over that spirit of failure. God, we just stand against it because it's not from you. The enemy reminds us of our failures. You remind us of your faithfulness. And so, God, I just pray over these, the hands that were raised over the hearts and lives that those hands represent. And I pray, God, that you would remind them, just like you did Peter, that you chose him even though he, he just messed it all up. You still chose him. The plans that you had, you gave him those plans after he had failed. And so I pray that you would ignite their souls right now, God, with the same passion that Peter had when he jumped out of that boat and swam in to see Jesus. It revolutionized him going forward because you restored him back to the original call you had on his life. And I pray right now for these hands that were raised that you would begin to restore souls back to the original plan that you had for them. Those that are watching online, I pray that you would restore them because they're leaning in right now towards that screen because they're like, that's for me. I pray you would restore hope in their lives. Take them back to the place that you originally called them to go so that they can glow. They can go love others well, just like you always wanted them to do. Failure and all, nothing will stop your call in our lives. And we thank you for it in your name, Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen.